0: You're listening to Hayes Radio Network Cannabis
1: Lifestyle Radio. Okay. Hi, guys! This is CNT Law Media Hour on Hayes Radio with Cindy Tran and Daisy, and we are so excited for today's episode because we have a special guest named Michelle Kwan coming on, and she is a certified tax preparer.
0: She's a certified person? public accountant. There we go, CPA. CPA. <laughs> That's what the CPA stands for. Yes. But yes. Awesome. Yes. And so I um I'm so happy that Michelle is going to join us today. She's a good friend and a Great business acquaintance of mine. She and I exchange uh, clients all the time. Her clients who need legal advice and my clients who need a lot of tax help. Uh, (laughs) And she's really actually really good because she has clients. She has clients that are actually really large corporations as well as international clients. And she does. Just for all of you listeners out there, she definitely does service the cannabis industry as well. So do pay attention to what she has to say today.
1: That is awesome. Thank you so much. Michelle, how did you get started um, in the tax preparation business or becoming a CPA? And was that always a dream or a goal of yours?
2: No, actually, that was a long story. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I can't I came here, um, I went directly to college at the time that I did not speak in English. Okay. So I didn't even know what um, major is when everybody asked me, what is your major? And okay. then I asked them, what is your major? Right. So at the time, um, accounting and also uh, computer, computer programming mm-hmm. are the two most popular majors. So I knew that I, I was not getting computers. So I just say that, yeah, accounting. Okay. <laughs> so that's, that's how I get
1: into it. I love that. I love that, and I think that's especially true for a lot of um, a lot of listeners. I know for myself, when I started college, I had an inkling of what I wanted to do, but I didn't know exactly what it was. And then I was like, "Uh oh! Everyone around me knows what they want to do for the rest of their lives, and I don't." You know, so that's really. Thank you for sharing that with us. So
0: not true. I changed my major six times. Oh,
1: my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Some of
0: us took a little longer to figure it out. Right? (laughs) But Michelle, you know what well, I now did? Now you have a fun one, right? I know, you but you know what you I do. did? I did the com- I did the computer route. Yeah, <laughs> I did computer did you- information systems. And you didn't?
1: You didn't? It didn't pan out. You didn't like it, or
0: no? <laughs> it it wasn't that bad because then I wanted to go into law and really do you know intellectual property. And oh, wow. at one point, I thought I was really going to major, you know, do
1: cyber law. And right. I was like, oh, you know what? Okay, no. <laughs> Business law seems You're to be like, so much more fun. I think I found what I want. This is my niche. Okay, let's go there.
0: So I really want Michelle to let us know a little bit about what her practice and what she does and how, how she helps her clients.
2: Yeah, I um, I used to work for big four for a long time, mm-hmm. and then work in a lot of big company. And at the moment, at those moment, I thought that uh, those are too com- very complicated, very time consuming. So I I started to look into start a business. So I really enjoy work with uh, small companies, smaller company, and a startup company to guide them through step by step, and how they from uh, nothing to uh, to form a company and to formalize the uh, the whole process of the operation. So my practice mostly currently I work with a lot of the, in the different industry, including entertainment, uh, real estate developers, and. Uh, import-export and other mom-and-pop, some mom-and-pop stores. And then work with the owner closely so know their business and know their needs to walk them through it. That is the fun part of my practice. And I work with a lot of international companies as well.
1: That's awesome. And do you find that when you go to the smaller companies, they already have um, kind of um, a format that they've established or do you kind of help them from the ground um, up and building their their own systems,
2: both actually both. Okay. Uh, in some sense, it's easier to work with a, a startup company, right? Because they a lot of them are very lost and from how to select a uh, entity type, should They form a company formally, or they just do it as a uh, sole proprietor. So that that um, it, the, the fun part is to talk to them to understand their business, understand their needs, and then finally they can. Take uh, uh, what they want and see how they grow and I grow
0: with them. That is the fun part. Yeah, mm-hmm. so one of the things that, I meet, uh, that we always talk about, Michelle and I, when we meet up all the time is how we can help our clients and it's right. so much easier to help them from the beginning mm-hmm. where we know, mm-hmm. we sit down with them, we talk to them about what their goals are, right. what they're doing rather than coming in later on and having to do a restructure and a lot of times clients don't even know it's like you sit down with them for the first time how many times do clients ask you in return what do you mean by that Oh, (laughs) or we ask clients what's your five-year plan what's your 10-year plan you're starting a company right what type of company do you want and they're just like I just want to start
1: business. Right. <laughs> so I, I, this so is my we, passion and I want to work on that exactly, and I'd like to make money on the side, you know.
0: Exactly. Yeah. But we we enjoy I think Michelle and I are, are from the same philosophy that we enjoy educating our clients about how to do their business, where to start, not necessarily their business itself, right. but the whole administration side. Michelle works on all of the Number side, and I right. work on the legal side. But isn't that right, Michelle? I mean, oftentimes it's just the best thing. We find so much more gratification from watching the clients start their business and growing with them. Mm, okay. right,
2: right, and especially sometimes a lot of our clients, smaller clients, they come to us like just ask us to form a company, and they even didn't even have uh, agreement with a lot of partners. That is the time that you don't have a lawyer. You need a lawyer to draft that. Then they will come to me and say, "Michelle, can you drop on I am not a lawyer. You know, you need someone to really, uh, to have to prepare an agreement which can be enforced. So, right. it's so just a lot, a lot of times happen like that.
0: Last time we talked about partnership agreements for right. businesses when you go in, you right. have partners or whatnot. And I always talked about what the importance is on the legal side of it, right? right. But Michelle, what are the tax? purposes for a partnership agreement. Doesn't that have an effect on your tax reporting?
2: Yes. It's really important for partnership, especially for partnership. How they, the partner, between the partner, how they um, they separate the, how they allocate the profit, how they allocate the loss, how they contribute the uh, capital, what is the exit plan. So those are very important when we draft the uh, tax return or do any tax planning. And and most of the most of the time, we will ask them, "Where is your partnership agreement?" And for a lot of small businesses, they don't have one. It.
0: And it's already tax season, right? And you're trying to prepare a tax return with no partnership right. agreement. And most
2: of them are, yeah, very last minute, and and they don't have a good record, good book, and just it's it's just hard. So that's why I really really enjoy working with people and the company from the beginning, so can guide them through step by step. Um, and you ask when there are companies coming in and they already have a structure, that is the time that we help them to sort it out and try to fix it and slowly.
0: So, Michelle, I just wanted to touch upon a lot of our um, listeners don't, um, don't really know the tax issues when it comes to partnership, and they mm-hmm. believe they have a partnership, and then they go and do their taxes, and then they get the stack of paperback, and they're not quite sure what they're supposed to get, right? How do you know you've got what you're supposed to get? So very briefly, if we have an LLC, what are okay. the members supposed to get as part of their tax return? Do you mean for
2: the, the, the LLC member? or just Yeah, the, the,
0: LLC? the LLC members, I mean, the LLC itself, someone else, whoever's in charge of the taxes will prepare that, but the members get like a separate form that they have to then take to their accountant, right? right? So what are they supposed right. to know that... I, I want to make sure our, our listeners know right. it's like, hey, I'm a member in an LLC. Shouldn't I get something like a schedule of something? Right. So what do LLC <laughs> right. members get?
2: LLC member, do we get a K-1. They get a K-1. A LLC is for tax purposes, a partnership. So the LLC file partnership tax return for federal purpose. And all the partner, all the member, they should get a K-1 from the LLC. So the LLC filed a tax return, and LLC itself does not pay tax. The member has to pay their share of tax. And let's say you own ten percent in the LLC, and the agreement saying that the um, the profit will be allocated based on your ten like, percent. That temp- that that's why the the partnership agreement is really important. So you get the ten percent and. The 10% of the income from the LLC is going to allocate to you. You are going to pay tax on that 10% of income.
0: So when we're talking about that, that means that the you as an owner, partial right. owner of the company, you don't actually receive 10% of the profits, but you're going to be responsible for 10% of the taxes. Oh, <laughs>
1: wow.
0: Just so you guys know the difference you're getting a K you're getting a Schedule uh, K or a yeah. K1 and you're like wait I didn't get any money from the company this year but why am I paying taxes? Right. Oh my god. That's gosh. because LLCs are pass throughs. So whatever income the company earns, right. it passes through to you to pay
1: taxes for. Oh, my gosh. See, that's so much. See, I didn't even I was still stuck on the partnership agreement. I'm going to be honest, because I think uh, a lot of times and we we're we we're speaking on that, especially last week, you know, you go into business with with a friend or with a close acquaintance. And you're like, this is great. And you don't want to talk about um, partnership agreements or the legalities behind um, being business partners with someone. And so, this is great information because, especially, I'm thinking, you know, in my head, and I think a lot of um, listeners are as well oh, if we don't make any money in this business, then we don't have to pay taxes on it, you know, and that's not necessarily what the case is. The
0: business may have made
1: money. Right. But, but you, you didn't take a right, cut
0: of that right, money at right, the end of the year. Right. <laughs> However, because it's an LLC you, and it's a pass-through, mm-hmm. you still have to, you're still responsible for it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So is there a difference when, between an LLC and a corporation if it's not an S-corp? Do S-corps have the same tax responsibilities, Michelle? Uh,
2: same thing. It's very similar. Mm-hmm. So let me get back to the the partnership agreement. Okay. Um, when you do a business anyone do a business with friends or family, as they if they have a hard time to come up with a, a partnership agreement. I think uh, the first thing they should think about is let's go to let's formalize formal formalize this. Let's go to a, a lawyer. So when a lawyer uh comes into the game and the lawyer will guide them through you need this, they need that. So I think that is easier for you to talk to your friends. That's at least that's my personal uh, experience as well. So then it's easier to talk through the uh, the lawyer than you talk to your friends and how to divide the profit or loss in the partnership. So let right. me <laughs> <Then laughs> get awesome. back to your question on the, the S-Corporation and the LLC. So S-Corporation is, is similar to LLC. It's also passed through. So they also get a K-1 as well. Okay. Now, uh, but with
0: C-Corps, that's different, right?
2: Yes, C corp. You don't get a. You don't get like one. So because the C corporation, they pay tax. The corporation pay tax. It's not a pass through. So corporation pay tax, and after they pay the tax, and they have residual money, they may declare dividend. Then they pass through the dividend. Then the shareholder have to pay tax on the dividend income. So that's why we all, we often said that corporation is a double taxation entity.
0: Right, so did you understand that one?
1: Wow. <laughs> Daisy. Yes. Did that yes. Bl- Let me. It, it. Okay. I'm going to see by trying to reteach, okay? So, if you're a C corporation, you don't have to right. you don't have to fill out a K1 because it's not a pass-through. A pass-through is okay. an LLC and an S corp. Also, a officer right. and you're
0: getting an income as a salary, right. You may not have um, you may not declare the di- uh, dividends each year. Okay. You may wait a while until you have a lot to declare, right? right? Um, otherwise, you just expense it out, right? M- Michelle, we can expense it out right. as in uh, as uh, payroll and whatever else to the officers who are also shareholders. Because shareholders oh, wow. can be officers. Correct. Correct, that's it, yes.
1: So if you're processing the information as I am, you might be wondering, so if I'm being taxed twice or if I'm being double taxed um, as a C-Corp owner, um, then, what are some of the benefits, or what are some of the tax benefits rather, of having a C corp versus an S corp and a um, LLC? So, Michelle, would you be able to assist me with that, please? Yes.
2: yes. <laughs> so, for LLC and for S corporation, because they pass through, so the benefit from the from the tax standpoint is that they only got the income they earn, only got taxed once. So, okay. the company doesn't pay tax. All the shareholders responsible for their share of uh, income the tax on the share of income so only tax one it's more tax savings um, for corporate C corporation it the, the from tax standpoint they pay a little bit more tax but then we' got to look at everybody's situation it may not be always uh, in the past corporation have to pay 34 percent 35 percent but since 2017. Um, the current administration lowered the tax rate to 21%. Oh. So it's a significantly lower. Then you pay 21% on a corporation, then the dividend pay to the shareholder. The shareholder doesn't have a very high income, so that is not a lot of difference. But when a wealthy individual, they have higher tax rate, like 37%, that is not going to help them. Oh, okay, but C corporation have a, a one thing. Why so many companies choose C corporation is because it's easy for them to have a, a capital injection, meaning have more shareholder coming in. So it's easy uh, for them to add more investors. If you have an LLC, then that from a tax standpoint, and from a um, administration standpoint, you have a lot more work to do.
1: So as an um as an LLC or an S corp you don't have any shareholders. That's only a C corp?
2: Uh no, S corporation also have a shareholder. Hmm. They also have shareholder but the shareholder that's coming in is uh, they have limitations. So the shareholder gotcha. have to be US people. Okay. Cannot be foreigners. C corporation you can have a foreigner, you can have US uh, US person. So- LLC as well. LLC you can have um, Foreigner
0: or U.S. person. So okay. for all of our listeners who's looking to get investors, one of our mm-hmm. recommendation is C corps are great, especially if you're looking for investors from overseas. Right. Oh. Wow. Right. Because C corps allow for overseas investment, um, foreign ownership. Your LLCs are good too, but um, to that extent, they become a member and they have equal rights. One of the things mm-hmm. that I always talk oh, you're about. Right right where's the voting right and (laughs) in a c-corp we can have two different type of shares where we have investors have a particular type of share called preferred shares okay those guys don't vote they just but they're first to get dividends and then you have your uh, founders who are working the business have common shares they have voting rights
1: our founders also allowed to be officers
0: Yes. Okay. There's nothing against that either. Awesome. So, you know, and you can be a common shareholder and still be an officer. Okay. You can get a payroll. You can, Michelle, corporations, um, and I think even LLCs can set up 401ks and different type of retirement plans for their employees, right? Especially executives.
2: Yes. Yes. For corporation, yes. But for LLC members, they, because they don't have a wages, but then they can... Um, have in agreement, they get a guarantee payment. Okay. So, guarantee payment to the share the members, then which they can pay for the cost of living. Uh-huh. And then the 401k they set up, and or the SEP IR they set up, is based on the income, based on the wages.
0: Ah, so, uh, so for LLC members, you'd have to set up your individual, um, your self employment uh, IRA, and not one through the corporation.
2: I believe you can do that too. When through a corporation, you have a good plan because there's no discrimination. So certain plans does no discrimination. You, if you have an employee in an LLC, then everyone should offer offer the opportunities to join the plan. Yeah.
0: So, mm-hmm. but C corps, you can definitely have four hundred one k set up four hundred one k for yourself. You know, That's don't mean, take a dividend. Yeah. Make right. sure you have four hundred one k being uh, you know retirement money set aside for you while your that's investors cool. do get a dividend every year.
1: That's awesome, right? And that's going to be separate. Right. So if you decide to do a 401k instead, it would be in lieu of collecting dividends?
0: Not necessarily. Okay. Not necessarily, but one of the things is, Michelle, for corporations, if they if they're putting money aside on a 401k for their um, employees and officers, is that part is that considered an expense that brings down their overall income?
2: Yes. Yes. Okay. That is an employee benefit. So um, which is deductible, which is uh, as long as it's not um, it's, it offered to everybody, because it, well, there are so many retirement plans out there, 401K, ir, and a simple IR. Those it, they really need to talk to uh, the investor, uh, investment banker, see which one is, uh, is, is suitable for your company. And then the employee, the retirement benefit paid pay for the employee is also deductible
0: right so your hundred grand income suddenly is a lot less if you're putting some of that into retirement for your employees which includes yourself your partners um right and and definitely employees what's a better way to keep your employees happy and loyal to the company
1: right give them retirement
0: (laughs) (laughs) benefits give them benefits right right? all sorts of benefits you know um so that's that's something that's important and those things are often items that you would put in a partnership agreement a bylaw a right. shareholder agreement right. um, operating agreement so all those agreements would address some of those things if okay. you have it right right and you want to make sure you talk about it in advance yeah.
1: okay <laughs>
0: yeah that makes right, that's a lot of sense <laughs> yes, <laughs> correct. yeah yeah so i wanted to also touch real quickly last time i talked about real property purchase and i i tell everyone this that it's better to have an LLC buy property than it is to have a corporation. Except, I am never good at explaining why that is the case from the tax point of view. But I know my accountant friends and all my CPA friends always <laughs> say this, so I repeat you, what you guys say. But I never have <laughs> able to fully explain it. So Michelle, please explain to us why do we want an LLC to do real property purchase? Uh, the LLC,
2: one thing is easy. Right. That's so, and then they have the legal protection. That is the main thing for. It. So, if you put it into the uh, C corporation and the C corporation, to forget that we have that double taxation.
0: Ah. Mm. Okay. So we're talking about the value of the property in.
2: Right.
0: In terms of and, when and when and the value goes up and we right. sell, where capital gains is a lot higher.
2: Correct. Yes.
0: Okay. Wow. All right. That makes that makes a lot more sense. I, I always that does sound easy, there's a though. reason, but I don't. <laughs> right,
2: because right. yeah, if you have a C corporation, all this income they don't have a bracket. They just um, just have a flat rate, twenty one percent.
0: Wow. And what's the yeah. bracket for an LLC? I mean, what what are the different for
2: brackets? LLC, for LLC is different. LLC basically, that is it's gonna pass through to the shareholder. That is going to go through, go by the shareholders tax rate. It could be higher, could be lower, and the shareholder could have, have other LLC and other Uh investment and have a similar, of a similar type of income. And like for capital, if you don't, capital gain, if you sell the property, you have capital gain and the capital gain does, total income uh, does not exist certain amount and you probably don't even have to pay tax on that capital gain. Okay, or so, you have other properties. So property, no the Other property also have uh, have passive loss, have loss, mm-hmm. and because this real estate income by default is passive. So you have other passive loss, and then you can also offset that as well. So it's more flexible, and the tax rate will lower. Okay, hmm. so, so
0: basically for an LLC, when it comes to real property, again, it just depends on the, like any other income for an LLC, it depends on the individual owner's Tax bracket that they're in, and it's not right. the LLC itself. Okay, right, right. All right, that, that makes sense. <laughs> and then the last issue we want to talk about today, and I think I don't know if our um, our friends in the industry are concerned about it or not, but the rest of the business world is quite concerned about it. And that's the ten ninety nine versus W two changes.
1: Oh yes, please. <laughs>
0: So there's a bit of the, the, the labor law changes um, in recent years, and um, I think a lot of people in the industry, as well as millennials, love right. doing the 1099. Right, um, right. You enjoy being 1099. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> and last time we talked about, you know, even when you are a 1099, what you want to do is have a legal entity, right, so that um, you can have the benefits of. Uh, the, the different expenses that a legal entity has. So, Michelle, if you want to you know, bring us up to speed on some of the tax issues when we are talking about a independent contractor versus a uh, W-2 employee.
2: Sure. Uh, for 1099, recently I have a couple of clients. Actually, I think the IIS really pay attention to the 1099 filing. And uh, I have quite a few clients last week they received a letter from the IIS and saying that you filed ten ninety nine didn't have the right information. So it seems like they pay a lot more attention to the ten ninety nine filing. So for um, so ten ninety nine for people receive ten ninety nine, if you don't do anything, it's gonna be a schedule C income, meaning that it's kinda of like a show proprietorship and you put in income and offset all the expenses. So one bad thing about it, not a bad thing. So I think it's not. Um, I I will not do that. Is because the IRS really look closely into the IIS, uh, the Schedule C. Um, most people when they file Schedule C, they tend to mix up the personal expenses and the uh, business, business expenses. expenses. So just in case, gotcha. those, Michelle,
0: you didn't, you you're not here and you can't
1: see gotcha. this. Look oh my that Daisy has. <laughs>
0: When you say schedule C, she's
2: just got right. this. Her eyes were big, and she could yeah. have had a blank like, "What is a schedule C?" <laughs> meaning, meaning that you don't, uh, you just report a form on a tax return. You're not going to uh, separate that from your personal tax return to a business tax return. So if you don't right. do anything, you don't form a company to formalize all the expenditures. So let's say you don't have a company. You, have, you just received a Schedule C, have a $10,000, and you have auto expenses, all other expenses, then some of the expenses you can deduct it as long as it's necessary and ordinary expenses for you to generate that income. But uh, if you don't have a company, so you easily uh, lost deduction of some of the expenses. Let's say auto expenses, when you lease a car. You use a personal name to buy your car, right? So that car, the IRS can come in and challenge them. Oh. so can and if you have a business, you form a business, you lease the car under the business or the company uh, buy the buy the car under right. the company's car, uh, name. Can you so also that is easier?
0: How about when you have a vehicle? Can you also, um, in the sense that you bought the vehicle or you lease the vehicle under your name, but you get the company to pay for the lease as in a reimbursement or a direct payment from the company to the leasing company, even though it's under your name? Can you do
2: that? Uh, you can do that, but they challenge you. They <laughs> challenge you, and a lot of times uh, they you won't retain the deduction. Okay,
0: okay, so it's better to have the company lease it for you.
2: Yes. So an yes. example you of the that. the company's name under, yeah, on the document. So, so an- the car dealership normally won't let you do that they still want you to personally guarantee that, but they can put the company on the title.
1: So, would an so. example of that kind of be like Mary Kay? You know, companies like that where you get a car when you meet a certain you know requirement or whatever within your company. But those are Mary Kay labeled, branded cars. So, would the company be at that point purchasing the well, I cars? Think or? Those
0: cars are purchased by Mary Kay.
1: Oh, that's okay. the difference, okay. right?
0: So, at what point should we not be on a ten ninety nine anymore?
2: Uh it it really depends on every individual. So every individual should talk to the, the uh talk to the accountant and tax advisor and do a projection. Mm-hmm. See if it's to the to a certain point, like some people it's okay, I pay self employment tax, uh, uh twenty thousand a year, I'm okay with that. But some people don't like it. Some people really think that I don't wanna pay that much. All I need is like five thousand, six thousand right. dollars a year, then in order for me to get the benefit for Social Security, why do I pay that much? So, pe- some people don't like that, that idea.
0: Oh, so, age plays a big part in this, too. <laughs> <laughs> like for those of us, yeah. those 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 of our listeners who are at a certain age where they're ready to retire, but you know, at the right age to retire, but um, still want to do things right. after retirement. Right. The question is, do they form their own company to do the work, or do they just do the work freelance and get a 1099? Right. How does it affect their pension and everything else that they're receiving? you know right. that's especially yeah I, think, yeah I think in our industry we are getting more and more uh, with the cannabis industry we may be getting a little more of the senior citizens right. wanting oh, to do yeah. something Absolutely. after retirement. <laughs> so that's something that we really want to think about too so uh, now that's a 1099 point of view but with a w2 basically what we're saying is that anyone who's receiving 1099 they can turn that into a w2 by having their own legal entity right
2: uh, we say that again. When they get a W two, then they cannot have that W two income put into their legal entity. Right. No. So I,
0: I I get that. So I'm saying that with those people who are who were getting 1099s, they can choose to mm-hmm. set up a legal entity and actually have the 1099s be issued to the company, and the company Correct. pay them a payroll and issue them a W two instead. Right.
2: Correct. Yes. If they choose to have S corporation, um, then they can issue themselves a W two. If they have an LLC, LLC doesn't pay their LLC member for salary. So anything the LLC makes is consider the salary for for the member. But the ta- but the expense expense
0: side, the expenditures and the recording of the expenditures seems to be a little easier and more clear if you're recording expenses through an LLC or an S Corp versus as a 1099. Yes. Okay. Mm. Yes,
2: in that case, because when you form a company, you leave, you formalize everything, you will separate the bank account. You will have a bank account for the business. So any cash in and out, uh, income or expenses in right. and out of the account will go through a business account. We totally separate mm-hmm. from your individual.
1: Okay, but and so it makes account. your tax that reporting a lot easier. Yes, it does. <laughs> right.
2: right. makes the record keeping much cleaner and right. the service, the IRS, light up. So if you have a personal, you have a business mixed up with your personal account. Right. When come to the audit, when the service come in, they will ask for bank statement, credit card statement. Whatever you spend, whatever income you have from your personal account, they will see every." They don't like it and you don't like it. So that's why it's easier to form a company and just separate your
0: business and personal. I okay. get a get a separate credit card for the company. Right. Do business Correct, expenses yes. out of the credit card right. and then have the company right. pay for those expenses.
1: Rather than you mixing it with your personal business and then right. the IRS is right. like what happened here? Okay.
0: Now, when we're talking about that there's a legal point that I need to point out. Okay. If you are going I mean when you are a 1099 and you're doing things separately then doing it um, as there's no legal issue there but when you set up a legal entity and the law provides protection to the owners of a business right? okay Um, you are supposed to be if you set up the entity properly and you do everything right you as an individual owner may not necessarily be liable for the company's debts okay and and or whatever else the liabilities of the company right and you have and you buy insurance and all that for the company so one of the things that you really need to be careful about in terms of your expenditures at this point when I say about getting a company credit card right spending company expenses on that and paying from the company is there's something called commingling and when you mix personal expense personal income with Ah. company It breaks down, yes, it's called commingling, and it breaks down the barrier, the legal barriers that set up to separate the liability of the individual from the business. So I tell my clients if they have assets, like if they have a home or something like that, um, it's best to set up a legal entity to do their business so that their personal asset isn't going to be tied into whatever debts they create or whatever trouble they get into with their business but there are a number of things that you have to do when you have a legal entity you have to follow formalities you have to do annual filings you have to and you have to be very careful with your finances and separate those very well and clear mm-hmm.
1: yeah so yeah. we're about to actually wrap up here but i just wanted to say thank you so much michelle there was so much valuable Um, content and information that you gave us today. I know I got a lot of my personal questions answered, so thank you. (laughs) But um, we really appreciate you um, being on the show with us today. Is there any piece of last-minute advice that you'd like to give our listeners?
2: Uh, Just keep all the records. Keep a clean record. (laughs) That is really important. It doesn't matter. You're going to have a GPA or content to help you. And I think the bottom line is to keep a good record and the time that Uh, anybody want to come in and review uh, the financial or the cash return, and that is going to be very helpful. So I hope our
0: listeners figured out uh, after hearing Michelle talk today that it's really important to have a accountant CPA on your team to right. advise you Absolutely. along the way you know every year so don't just see your CPA at the end of the year right. when you have to do taxes because right. they're very useful during the year when you're making some of these decisions Absolutely. I want to buy a property I want to settle for one K what can I do What? Right. how much money do we have should we forecast what can we do right. next year <laughs> so you need to do that because I myself um, see my CPA during tax season right. and then once again mid-year just to see uh-huh. what's going on next uh-huh. year. Right. And and where can we spend more if we expect more
2: money right, coming right.
0: in. <laughs> so it's really important to have these people as advisors. The consultants, they're not just tax preparers, people. Please, have right. yourself a good CPA. <laughs> <laughs>
2: exactly.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much guys. So this has been an amazing some amazing time that we've shared together. Um, thank you so much, Michelle. and You're welcome. Um, we hope you have a lovely day.
0: Thank you everyone you thank you.
1: Uh-huh. Thank you, Michelle you ah. Okay, and so guys, we learned a really great um value today. Um, I think I was under the assumption well i fe- I had a few um I guess ideals that I had kind of debunked. Right, um, I didn't understand the process of a um, partnership and maybe you both going to meet and sit down with an attorney um, and having conversations about what you'd like your employee benefits to look like or what type of um, corporation you'd like to have and things of that nature. And so I think a really valuable and important lesson um, was definitely that you know you should be sitting down even how awkward it may feel because I know as a millennial it gets difficult to have those kind of conversations about money and finance and things like that but it's probably the best protection that we're making for it, ourselves at the time
0: it definitely is and here's the thing it's not going to be something that you're gonna be able to you know decide on resolve in the first meeting right. or whatnot because as you as you do your business as you grow you're gonna make changes right and you don't I mean I always admit this I don't know what I don't know and if I don't talk to people right. I won't know
1: <laughs> right right absolutely right
0: so it, it's there's no shame in going to someone who's deemed an expert or a professional in the field right. to say I don't know what I'm supposed to do here right. I have an idea you tell me right. where do we go from here and absolutely. and um, and you you're it's amazing how much more you will learn just asking those questions right you know and I think these conversations are really important and just understand that it's not something that you're gonna have all at once right Um, no one has all the answers Right, um, especially not when you first start. You could do all the research you want, but there's going to be so many different topics when it comes right. to setting up the <laughs> business, right? right? So that you you're not going to know um, where we go with all of that. And I, we didn't get a touch up uh, touch upon some of the issues on the show on the expenditures, but um, for import export businesses and even um, manufacturing, especially in the cannabis industry, some of the things that you can write off in terms of expenses is something called you know cost of goods sold. Oh,
1: okay. Right? So
0: you know the, what did it cost you to make these things? Right, right, right? right yeah. So uh, th- there's so many things, and every industry is a little different, and the tax requirements for each is different. And right. don't forget, because the cannabis industry is not yet recognized by the federal government, right. the IRS codes have not caught up to date as to what mm-hmm. the industry can do. Right. So the CPAs um, that are working in this industry, they're working out of the box. They're thinking out of the box as to what they can do with your business from a traditional point of view and what they can, I mean, how they file these things. So it's not, I do not believe that any tax preparer can really walk you through the process. You really need to know someone who, uh, go to someone who has a lot of experience in just in every different type of industry. Mm. And then that way, someone who is going to be able to kind of cross-reference things and figure out how to do it for you because... You know, IRS hasn't decided that uh, this industry <laughs> is yet listed in right. the, the internal revenues, Code. All right. Oh, right,
1: right <laughs> And I think that's kind of a um, a good thing that you have mentioned um, as well is just going out to go get information. Um, we were speaking about it uh, a at beginning at we were speaking on this at the beginning of the hour. But we are more so saying that how important it is and how valuable it is that you do have these meetings um, and then you do have people like that, um, like Cindy was saying, that you meet with multiple times a year, not just when tax time comes around or not just when you're like, oh, crap, like, what am I going to get back? Like, you know, not just refund time, but you need to actually be aware and knowing um what next year will look like for you because you never know what's going to happen or what your retirement is going to look like Um, and kind of getting more niche down or you need to know more about your finances and what you should be expecting. Right.
0: So like, uh, as I mentioned before, the the attorney is... Kind of like a doctor, someone right. that you go to to get a regular checkup on right. the health of your business, right. where we are, um, you know, what we're doing, what type of expansions, or do we have to scale back? What type of issues we're facing recently? Right. And you never know when you go and talk to your uh, your attorney. Your attorney may bring you up to date on some of the lawsuits they've been seeing. Right. And then now we have to adjust uh, how we're gotcha. doing work. Yeah, right. Because yeah, yeah. I would get. I mean, if a client. I would. Those who are already retained clients of mine if I see a number of uh, lawsuits showing up or, um, legal reports about you know various things like ADA complaints coming around, right. and we we get wind of certain individuals going around to the different businesses right. and then filing OG. complaints. I yeah. call yeah. my restaurant clients. I'm like, um, are your restrooms all ADA compliant? Right, right, right. <laughs> right. Because you know, right. here's like, what I'm seeing. Here's what yeah. I'm seeing. We want to make sure we're and make sure you're training your staff for these right. things or right. whatnot. Um, so you you kind of need to have regular conversations with these individuals and right. an accountant's the same thing, right? Because you're talking not only about last year's income right. and expenses, you also want to talk about this year as you're going into this year and then projecting for next year right. and planning for it. And that way you can make those changes mid year if you need to right. and whatnot. And then another person that I always say is important too is your insurance broker. Ooh. And you think about insurance brokers, you're like, Oh, I buy the policy right, and we right. just renew it every year. Right. So what's the big deal? Right. But you know what? If you're in business, you have workers' comp insurance, and workers' comp insurance renews every year, but it's based on your payroll. Right. So if you talk to your broker, I um, mean, Every year, right. they're going to look at what's your payroll this year like, and mm. should we be changing the policy to right. a different company? Who's you know, or should we upping it or de- right. you know? However, same thing with other type of insurances that you have. I mean, okay. there are all sorts of insurance policies out there. There's something called errors and omissions for those of us who are professionals—doctors, mm. lawyers, accountants—all right. have that. Um, corporations have, and and other type of legal entities have something called directors and officers. Oh wow! Oh Insurance, yeah. insurance oh. to cover your no officers idea. and directors and this
1: whatever they do. Right. right. <laughs> oh, <geez>. she.
0: <laughs> right. But you know, you may not want to buy that early on. But then, as you're starting to really, you know, do more business and right. your directors and officers are out there, and maybe you want to talk about right, more right. added In case insurance. there's a yeah. Exactly. Oh. So you want your broker to be you know you you want to see your broker mid year as well right. and have them take a look at. Your all of your policies and see what they right. want to do for next year. Do we need to add policies, remove policies because we don't need anymore? Right. Especially with COVID right now, oh, where geez. like most of us aren't even going into the office. Right.
1: So why uh, are we paying for a certain type of insurance? Yeah, my premise and...
0: liability insurance. Right. so it's like no one's coming into the office. Right. Why do I mean You know, I'm like I'm right. the only one who's going in. No one's gonna trip and fall in my office. Right. right. Can I lower this?
1: Right. Right. No, or can I
0: do s- without it altogether?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Um. And that makes sense. And then also more for like, um, since you were saying professionals, um, I worked in the healthcare industry. So like doctors right now, a lot of things are happening via te- telemedicine. So is there an insurance policy protocol in, in there service are, for that, There that? You
0: know? um, there are media insurance. Mm. So for those of us who um, have a lot of media exposure and, have, uh, and do things on the uh, right. internet and everything, advertise, promote and all right. that, we we may want to look at that there are um there are right, insurance right. for for technology where you're protecting it, where you're insuring yourself from making a mistake and un, unwittingly disclosing client information over the email oh or my God. right right yeah <laughs> right or or for whatever reason you got hacked in your entire database know, <laughs> right. there's insurance for that now of course the question is do you need to i mean right. what are you keeping in your server what information are you keeping how are you encrypting it right that do we feel comfortable with not having that policy or not but you don't know unless you talk to your broker and he looks at he or she looks at what you're doing right so the reason why I talk about the insurance broker is our next segment is gonna have an expert from the insurance Ooh, field
1: very exciting very so we're gonna
0: look forward to that as
1: well <laughs> yes 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 so Thank you so very much again for tuning in. Thank you, Cindy. It is always valuable. I'm so excited. I, I'm so excited. I'm waiting exam, to
0: see you set up for your next business exam. and really see all this go through. I know
1: every time I'm 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 in the studio with Cindy, I'm always like taking notes. And so there'll be a moment where I'm literally like in my notebook, like, OK, if that means that. And then Cindy usually answers it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. OK, so this is great. what I'm going to do next. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, so, Cindy, is there any last minute information you'd like to give us about um, different corporations and um, making sure our business ent- entities and our tax preps are going
0: well, you know, it's mid-year. Um, you know, right. we're, we're going into quarter. We are in quarter three, actually wrapping up quarter three right. almost. So this is a great time for everyone to really look back um, in this past year and look at what you're doing. And, and because it's been a crazy year, right. Um, projecting the future is a lot harder because we have no right. idea what's going on. So this is a good time to just reevaluate some of the business practices, especially for those of us who are able to go back into um, business and uh, reopening their shops and, and doing things, this is a good time to, you know, look at some of those contracts and if you're continuing on some uh, of the different type of business that you're doing, think about revamping some of it at this point because business is gonna change life is gonna change um, given what's going on so we do have to make some adjustments and a lot of people right now are also talking to their landlords and uh, talking about those deferred rent payments they haven't been paying right so that's another thing and you definitely want if you are talking to your landlord about that you want to have it in writing that says you have so much time to pay and come up with a payment plan of some sort so that you can talk to it it's better to talk to your landlord and work it out than to assume going to do anything and they're you know?
1: understandable because of what's going on, right because just yeah.
0: remember the landlords they have bills to pay too right? exactly right exactly. and so um you know the everyone's in the same situation so let's just you know work things out and if you're going to work something out make sure you get it in
1: writing absolutely absolutely well thank you so very much again you guys for listening and tuning in this is a very just a very exciting topic. And so this has been the CNT Business Law Hour on Hayes Radio. Thank you, everyone.
0: You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio.